day, guys. We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, we are now coming to y'all on Tuesday, April 5th, 2022, day after the national championship. What do you have to say? I thought it was a really good tournament. Um, was it the – I mean, I don't know if it was the best ever, but I, I thought the Final Fours were, were great. The storylines played out great. Um, the games played out great. We got some exciting finishes. And uh, baseball, it's right around the corner. And then we're probably not talking around the podcast, but the Masters starts this week as well. So big time in golf, big time in baseball, and uh, about to be big time in the NBA coming up too. Yeah, no, it's it's the last week of the regular season, guys. NBA playoffs is almost upon us. We'll have a humongous preview out for that at some point in the time next week. But like Ben said, I mean, we got we got to finish up our MLB preview. We got to talk about uh, March about what happened last night. Ben, real quick before we start, who you th- just put you, I'm put you on the spot here. Who you think's going to win the Masters? I still, I mean, I, being a Bama guy, I think I think Justin. I mean, I root for Justin Thomas. I I always think he's got a good chance in a tournament like the Masters. Um, so I, if I had to pick someone to win, I would choose Justin Thomas, but that's also because he's my favorite golfer uh, because he's a Bama guy. But it's it does sound like Tiger Woods. He sounds like he's going to play, which is great news for the sport. I mean, he yeah. he says, as of right now, I feel like I'm good to go. So um, we'll see if he's able to finish the tournament, make the cut, anything like that. But if I had to pick a winner, I think I, in any tournament, I would just give you Justin Thomas because – He's, a, he's my Bama guy. Yeah, um, just because he went to Florida State, I'm going to go with Brooks Kepka. So that's me, my pick. That's who I always pick nowadays for golf. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I personally like golf as a sport. I just can't give. I just can't watch it. It's too – I don't know. But uh, I, I, like, I like to watch the majors, like Sunday of a major. Like I'll watch the Masters pretty much Thursday through Sunday because it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the biggest of them all. No, I agree. Trust me. I, I can't hate on anybody who likes watching golf. I think golf's a great sport. I wish I was better at it. I'm actually going to try to start playing here soon. So, yeah, I got nothing against golf. Hockey's just the only sport I can't get behind. I know it's playoffs are coming up, too. We'll get, uh, trust me, Ben. I'll let you get a hockey second in, though. It's really coming up. But anyway, guys, last night we watched an absolutely great game. So North Carolina jumped out to a 15-point lead. Then some would say blew it. Some would say Kansas outplayed them in the second half to become the national champions. Ben, what do you how, what do you think ended up happening and the reason why that Kansas was able to turn it around? So I, I don't know if I don't know if North Carolina blew it. Like I don't think that's the I don't know because taking everything, there's three things to take into account. One, Armando Baycott has had a bad ankle for multiple rounds now. Uh, and he hurt it during that game. Um, Caleb Love then hurt his ankle that game. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it affected his shooting, but he didn't shoot well. Mm-hmm. And he definitely wasn't 100% on the ankle. Definitely not. And then I refuse to believe that Brady Manick did not have a concussion in that game. He got smacked in the head multiple times in that game. But the, the, you know, the two reasons that were, were the ankles of Baycott and, um, and Love, the third thing is it's college basketball. And this happens a lot. Now, this was the largest comeback in, in NCAA finals history. Yeah. But if you just go throughout the entire year of college basketball, you could really pick out any year. Double-digit leads are not safe at halftime ever in college basketball. It doesn't matter how good the team is. It's eight. It's mostly eight, not really in this game, but it's mostly 18, 19-year-olds. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to miss free throws. The occasional wide-open shot's not going to be made. 
the occasional lackadaisical turnover. It happens because it's, that's how the sport rolls. This is what Kansas did the entire tournament. Kansas played a horrible first half against Miami and then my, made Miami in the second half look like they never played basketball again. Mm-hmm. They did that, and then they did it against uh, uh, Kansas beat St. Peter's, and St. Peter's was beating everyone up until that point, obviously. You mean UNC beat St. Peter's? Oh, I'm sorry, UNC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who did Kansas beat before Miami? Uh, they beat Providence, but they let Providence come back. They did let Providence come back, but every it was just like from. And I you think you're thinking of Texas Tech in the uh, championship in the conference championship game that, when they did yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Texas Tech was red hot coming into yeah. that game. No, that and, was a hell of a Kansas, win. But Kansas throughout the tournament, as like their offense just clicked in the second half, and it, you saw it really in the Miami game because their defense was just suffocating Miami, but their offense was just insane, insanely efficient, and. They did not play a great first half against UNC again. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they started off great. I mean, it was like 9-0 or 7-0, 10-0. It was yeah. UNC c- couldn't get in rhythm. And then the second half, the defense just started stepping up. They were turning UNC over a little bit. And uh, I-, I don't think Carolina necessarily blew it. I think Kansas was the better team going into it. I think they outplayed in the second half. Yeah, bro. I mean, the way I look at it, honestly, in this game is kind of kind of what you said, too. I mean, can't Bill Self's a great coach, man. You know, Bill Self yeah. really is one of the best coaches in college basketball. And that's when you really comes out and you see it. I mean, there's a reason why Kansas, I mean, college basketball is basically the most unpredictable sport. The fact that Kansas wins their conference tournament every single year and has even been to 10 national championships just shows you, you know, how good of a how well coached this program always is. But especially with Bill Self, I mean, Bill Self, I mean, I think he definitely takes over as the best coach now in college basketball at this point. Jay Wright had his chance and came up short against him. Um, but, yeah, I think it's really Bill Self. And honestly, the way Kansas is built as a team, man, like I've no- like I noticed, like, you know, you watch a lot of college basketball teams. Like, for example, Texas Tech, they're trying to split, spread teams out, play five wide, you know, or like Villanova kind of does the same thing too. Kansas is dominant in the post, and they can also dominate you on the perimeter. Abaji and Remy Martin can dominate on the perimeter. Then you have McCormick down there in the post. North Carolina is built the exact same way, and I think that's really what got these two teams here. But I think in this game, North Carolina's problem was they came out in the second half. And these two teams, honestly, like I took the under in the game. These two teams are running up and down the court. They were just tight because it was a championship game and missing a lot of shots. You know, like, I mean, I would say they were also playing good defense on each other. But these teams were still trying to run up and down. The, they were trying to, well, you know, like play fast offense. They weren't really dribbling around letting the clock run. And I just feel like that the North Carolina, you know, they just went on a little cold streak. And that's what happens when you play quick like that. You don't score the other teams out and running. And then it's bang, bang, bang. Next thing you know, the score comes down and North Carolina starts pressing a little bit and felt the pressure. But I think that's what helped them come back. But I was disappointed with the way North Carolina played down the stretch of the game. I really thought inside that last 30 seconds, they should have taken a layup or tried to get a one and then foul and extend the game. I mean, I mean, I always say in gambling on college basketball, it comes down to 18-year-olds shooting free throws. This is 18-year-olds shooting free throws. Just keep fouling them. They will miss free throws. Kansas was missing free throws at the end of the game against Providence, you know, like – I really think North Carolina should have had their chances. I mean, I think they would have had at least three chances if they had done it that way for them to miss and only needed two to tie the game. Or, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody goes up there and misses a pair and you hit a one and win the game, you know? Yeah. But I, I mean, that- both, both these teams were pretty veteran led. I mean, Kansas's two best players were both seniors. Then they added the best transfer guard, uh, Remy Martin, who was at Arizona, Arizona State for two or three years. Yeah, he's been there. For um, Christian Brown was a sophomore, junior. 
Um, I think uh, Wilson was a sophomore in North Carolina. Their guards are sophomores. Baycott is an upperclassman. Uh, Manic was a, a graduate, um, you know, fifth year. So, I mean, like, these two teams really wasn't a lot of 18-year-olds, but it's still, like, you were right. Kansas wasn't making many free throws against Providence. Uh, they missed some in the first half against Miami. They missed a decent amount against Miami, too. It, yeah, it's – especially the pressure adding into it on a um, – at a national championship stage, like put the pressure on the kids. 16 seconds left, and Caleb Love took a really, really deep three with the defender in his face. I, I agree with you that probably would have been better for UNC to try and get it to the rim and make them make free throws. And if they make their free throws, come down and get a three, or at least try to get a three. Like, so I agree with you on that. Yeah, you know, also, too, I feel bad for Caleb Love. You know, he played so well in these playoff games. I mean, the fact he got hurt right there and then yeah. ended up missing. On a, and he was just walking, like, going backwards. He didn't step on someone's ankle, coming down mm-hmm. from a rebound, land on – he just turned his ankle. Yeah, and just the look of defeat on his face, too, you know, after losing the game. Like, you could tell how upset and how much he cared. I felt really bad for him, honestly. But, you know, him and Baycott – and let's uh, say – Baycott, Love, McCormick, and Abaji will all get chances to play at the next level. Brown might have a chance. I'm not 100% sure about that. but I think I think Abaji is going to be really good at the NBA level. I, I feel like he I think can he has to go score. the right team. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like he can just – the way that he was shooting the last two games that he played, he wasn't missing from threes very often. I mean, um, against Villanova, he was like five for five from threes to start the game. And then he came out and hit his first three of the night, the first three points of the game. And my dad looked at me and goes, well, here, I mean, here we go again. Is this guy ever going to miss? I mean, he can score from all three levels, and he really does play good. He does play good defense, which we'll see how that translates to the NBA. People get yeah. lazier when the other four guys don't play defense around you. I think Abaji's good. I definitely think he needs to go to the right situation. Like, if he can play with a smart point guard that can get him involved, I think he'll play well, but I definitely don't. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's definitely, like, a third or fourth starter Blazers. on the team. Don't yeah. in the first, like, play with Lillard. Not not with, not the first pick that they have, but. Yeah, I checked a mock draft today, and he was, uh, room, and they had him spotted the Hawks. I mean, I think he could be a decent wing for the Hawks, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, it was a great game. Another story we got to talk about Friday. Look, first of all, guys, North Carolina and Duke played all up to everything we expected and more. But, Ben, as I promised, we talk about Coach K and all, and all here. Look, I think the biggest thing that needs to be taken into – you'll definitely, I'm sure, will have a different take than I do about Coach K's legacy. But this is the one thing I remember about Coach K's legacy. First of all, it was a shitty way for him to go, go down, losing to his bitter rival twice. But I'm at least glad he got Duke to the Final Four. I feel like that alone made it a better story and made it awesome. But the way I always remember Coach K, actually, is that he was able to adapt. You watch a lot of these guys like Jim Beheim, him and his zone – Never really like since NBA, like really since Steph Curry bust on the scene, Bayheim's been decent, but he hasn't been able to do what he normally does, like win a national championship, you know, again or anything. Coach K was able to win national championships in different eras as a head coach. And at the end of the day, man, he was able to adjust to the way basketball basketball changed. You know, Coach K did it with JJ Reddy. Like, like I remember Ben, I'm sure you remember too as a kid when we were younger, like when we were in middle school and stuff, Duke was known for having good college guys that were garbage in the NBA. Like none of those guys guys panned out. Nolan Smith, uh, Sheldon Williams, uh, JJ Reddick was good in the NBA, but he wasn't like a superstar player of the year like he was in college. 
then Coach K gets Kyrie Irving. That's like the first time he's able to do that with somebody. And ultimately, when I think back of all the eras and all the college basketball teams I've watched the whole time, watch basketball. Look, we watched the Kentucky team go undefeated. We watched the Anthony Davis and and uh, or not Anthony Davis, the Cat and Devin Booker team lose in the in the Final Four that was almost undefeated. I think of those, but I always think of Zion, RJ Barrett, and Cam Reddish. You just don't see somebody get the three studs like that. And Zion was like the most legendary, hyped up prospect since LeBron when it comes to yeah. basketball. And the fact that he brought all those guys together at at, at uh at Duke is just amazing to me. And I think that's what I'll think of coach K for is that. And the fact also of what he did with the USA basketball, you know, I think all that just proves to you how coach K can adjust to the way that basketball needs to be played and coached. He's yeah. He's the Nick Saban of college basketball. Mm -hmm. He's the old time coach that never stopped. Once he started winning, he never stopped winning and he adapted with the, the change of the sport, the change of the times. Yep. Um, I don't really disagree with what you said. I still don't think a lot of, like I don't I don't think you could say that there's a lot of good NBA Duke players that played in the league. I can like, name some I, for you. Jason well, I mean, Tatum, no, Kyrie. Yeah. But it's uh, like I mean how much do we count Kyrie? I get it like his he did he go to counts. Duke played like nine games. So like I'm 11. just saying like how much did Coach K have anything to do with Kyrie being a good NBA player? Well, I'm, I'm not saying. necessarily saying that, but, like, think about it. So the year before, Kyrie was that John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins team, which was arguably the most stacked college basketball team of all time. Coach K says, oh, so that's what's going to happen. Then he brings in LeBron to help him pitch Kyrie to come play for Duke. Like, he, you see, he's like, okay, Kentucky's going to do this. Now I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? It's almost like – it's kind of like, for example, Nick Saban. He saw LSU win the national championship, and he said – all right, hell no. Now it's my turn to get back. You know what I mean? Like Coach K does yeah. the exact same thing. All right, go ahead and name your players. Okay, so I didn't realize I was going to put on the spot like this, but we got Kyrie. We got Zion, Jason Tatum, RJ Zion, Barrett. What have, what have we seen from Zion, though? When Zion's actually played, though, he's been a great. Um, oh, that's fair. Gary Trent Jr. Um I'm trying to think of some more off the top of my head right now um, that are that have been playing well. I'm not going to count Trey Jones, even though he has been playing well. Um, so um, I'm trying to think who else there I mean, really they're is. Not, Brand oh, Brandon like, Ingram. That was another yeah. big one I'm forgetting right there. I mean, they're like, yeah, Tatum. Tatum's a stud. Kyrie's a stud. Brandon Ingram's very good. But, like, I don't know. I, I think when you compare them to, like, other, like, the legend – I mean, like, Calipari's NBA list is Oh, Calipari's NBA team is untouched. Yeah. I'm not Cal saying, like, Duke's like players aren't all-star teams. But, like, historically, Duke's best guys in college never really – haven't panned out, like, that well. But, like, recently yeah. – yeah. Recently, they're definitely getting better. I mean, like, I honestly, off the top of my head, Grant Hill might be the best one. Grant Hill was a very good basketball player. But yeah. I mean, he's not like a Hall of Fame player, but I would like say Christian Leitner didn't turn out. Call me crazy. I'm going to say Kyrie Irving's better than Grant Hill. Uh, well, I mean, he might be. Yeah, I'm going to say Kyrie's probably his best one of all time. I mean, I think Kyrie yeah. – I mean, if I Kyrie, just don't think everyone's going to count Kyrie. I think Kyrie but. screwed himself over by not playing the whole season, but that's a whole other debate. But on top yeah. of that, I mean, also, too, though, like Jaleel Okafor, Justice Winslow, like those guys didn't pan out, you know what I mean? But, like, still, he was turning out more, like, quick lottery picks, you know, than he did in the past. It was just, like, when he switched to the one-and-done era, he basically put in his golden ticket that said, okay, I'm I'm not winning a title. And I know that he's never – he would never admit that. Duke fan, the, the smart Duke fans would admit that. The ones I know would admit that because 
not many one and done teams win it. Look, look who just won it this year. It's like one of the big, biggest veteran team there was in college basketball this year in Kansas. Yeah. I mean, well, also wanted to say this too. I feel like college basketball and college sports in general, this is like the last year they're really messed up. Like, Auburn played a team that had two guards that had been in college for five years, or three right. starters had been there for five years, you know, like Gillespie was there for five. Yeah. Like yeah. Colin Gillespie shouldn't have been there anymore. I, I guess Remy Martin had been in college for four years. I mean, there was a lot of players though in the tournament that had been there for a lot of years. So I feel like that had everything screwed up, but no, I think coach K, you know, coach K is definitely one of the all-time greats. I don't think he'll ever pass John Wooden or one of those, but look, I think one or that, two. I mean, he's the best that we're, that we've ever seen probably will ever see. Uh, I mean, listen, like, it's kind of the same thing in football. Football is less of a debate, I guess. Um, like, John Wooden the, in football, it's Bear Bryant. Nick Saban is Coach K. I mean, it's just yeah. now there, you will find a decent amount of people that will say Coach K is the GOAT. Um, and you'll find a decent amount of people that will still say John Wooden. So it's not eye to eye, but it's, it's pretty close. I mean, Coach K is Nick Saban of college basketball for yeah. what we grew up as. I mean, and he was way before us, too. Yeah, you got to I mean, I will say this, though, with the era of basketball and with the era of sports, the way it is, where there's so many teams and so many good teams to be able to win, I think it's a little more impressive than it was back then. But at the same time, almost all coaches, I th- I'm sure you remember this, Ben playing rec league basketball, your coaches would always read you some John Wooden quote, like John yeah. Wooden, the pyramid, wood, pyramid yeah, of success. He, he built, yeah, he literally built like, like things in sports that all sports focus on but on top of that even yeah. basketball like the basics of basketball offenses and stuff have all come from stuff john wooden did and defenses you know there's like, a there's a story and i don't know if you've ever heard this before but uh it's it's cool then we can move on from this if you want but uh and when john wooden one of his uh couple years like mm-hmm. that he was coaching in that era freshmen weren't allowed to play in college basketball well at one point in his team, he had Bill Walton at UCLA, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but they weren't allowed to play. Yeah, they so were on and, JV, right? And they were. It was called like a yeah, the B squad or JV. Well, the the freshman teams with Bill Walton were beating the teams that you actually saw in UCLA. I mean, that's just imagine just like I mean, think about that rule and how much the game has changed. Freshmen weren't allowed to play back then, and now most of the sport and the top draft picks in to the NBA from college are yeah. freshmen. It's literally all freshmen. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a little that's pretty crazy, honestly. Um, all right, I said that's that's enough on on college basketball and everything. It was a great season. We'll look forward to. Oh, oh, actually, the last thing I want to say real quick, Ben, is um, is another strategy we need to think of for our uh, brackets is picking the less popular one seed. Kansas and Baylor were the top, were the two least picked one seeds. I feel like that. That's yeah. I feel like that's definitely shout out, shout out Hubert Davis too. Um, what he was able to accomplish was yeah, is not easy in this sport. Um, you listen, Carolina is always going to have a bright future, but um, I, they had a very special season, and you know those kids obviously they're sorrow for the rest of their lives, but nothing that they should hang their head on because that, what an incredible run that they had. Yeah, last thing it, but on top of that is if you had Kansas um, minus three and a half, minus four, minus four and a half, I'm truly yeah. sorry for you. Now you feel my pain. I go through nightly in the NBA. And Ridiculous. the other thing I'm going to say is it's actually hilarious. I ended up, I don't know why I never ended up playing the spread, but I just couldn't get there all day. I was too torn on the game. Somebody said to me, he goes, dude, I'm playing Kansas money line because if I lost on that, the fact I would have to wait, I'll wait so many days to get my revenge in college <laughs> basketball, not worth it. Shout out Luke for doing that. Anyway, though, let's talk about some baseball, man. 
I bought it. my tickets for Friday. Ben, are you making a trip to Truist Park this week? There's a there's a decent chance I'll be there Friday. <laughs> Sounds good. Let me know. We'll I may I may not be at the game, but I'll I'll be in the area most likely. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely link up. Uh, tickets are cheap, man. I paid fifty dollars for two tickets with that's with fees and everything. So not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Um. Anyway, though. Let's start out at Truist Park. Let's preview our NL East here. We saved the best for last. After this, guys, we're also going to give you all Cy Young Award winners, manager of the year, MVP, home run leader. We can talk strikeout leader if you want to, too, Ben. And, of course, our playoff teams and champion. Let's do it, guys. Um, anyway, Ben, our Braves, man, not as many changes as you think. The only uh, – actually, well, there's one humongous change – if currently the Braves did Freddie Freeman is no longer on the Braves. Um, he is going to be joining the Dodgers. As y'all know, Matt Olson comes back home to join him. Um, I think we'll be perfectly fine with that. Uh, also Jorge Soler was not re-signed either. The Braves bring back in the lineup of Eddie Rosario on um, Ozzy Albies. Riley's back. Ozuna will be back as well. Um, we have Adam Duvall back as well. He got brought back on another contract. Ronald Acuna will miss a couple games that he'll be back pitching wise. The Braves did um, add Kenley Jansen, the bullpen. We have Max Free, Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson, Uskar Unoa, and Tucker Davidson. Ben, what do you, what's going to be the key to our Braves winning another division title? This would be, what, four in a row or five in a row? I think they've won four. I think they're going for five, if I'm not five. mistaken. Um, this team's going to be really good, and they're going to hit a lot of home runs. I mean, just they're going to mash the ball. And if you sit in the chop house section in right field, you better be paying attention to the game when Matt Olson's up because you're you're in the danger zone. It's not a splash zone. Your head can get hit with the baseball. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits one over the chop house this year, which I don't know if that's been accomplished by a Braves player yet. I want to say Bryce Harper did it. But anyway, this team's going to be really good. Um, I like where their lineup is at, replacing Freddie. Uh, if you really think about it like in depth, they replace Jorge Soler with Marcelo Zuna. They replaced Jock Peterson with. They replaced Jock Peterson with. Duval or Rosario. Um. Well, no, with with Acuna coming back. Uh huh. And then and then they bring back uh, Duval and Rosario. So, like I said, this team can have a lot of thump in it. I like the pitching. Um, Max Fried's going to go on opening day. Um. The number two starter when everything gets sorted out will be Charlie Morton and then Ian Anderson. And then Waskar Yunoa was terrific until he decided to be an idiot and break his hand, uh, punching the bench. And then Tucker Davidson's a young lefty, but they're kind of going to rotate. The The four and five spots will be open if, if people are struggling. They got options for that. The bullpen will be really good as well. Um, unfortunately, I think Luke Jackson is probably going to need Tommy John surgery, so he'll probably be out for, yep. he'll be out for the rest of the year. But the bullpen's really, really good. Uh, and they've had a really good spring. So the Braves have a very good chance to win this division again and advance very far in the postseason. I'm very excited for this season. Yeah, I like everything you said there, Ben. Um, I also think Tucker Davidson could end up being kind of a beast. So Oh, Kyle Wright as well. I think you meant I think you mentioned yeah. his name, right? Yeah. People yeah, pe people around the Braves and who write for the Braves think I mean, it's been said before, but people really like where he's at right now, confidence-wise, and mm -hmm. uh, they're ready for him to kind of break out because he was the number three overall pick out of Vandy uh, 2017, maybe, 20, 2015, 2016. So kind of waiting for him to break out, but uh, people have really liked what they've seen out of him so far. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I hope Wright's able to come on strong for us, Ben. Um, right in the World Series. Yeah, I like everything you said. Um, I might come back to some of what you said for an award that we're going to do later. I think you made some great points there, though, Ben, on our Braves team. I don't think I could have said it better. Let's talk about the uh, former team that – or the team that always seems to get second and everybody somehow thinks is going to win this division. The our, our rivals, the New York Mets, the team Chipper Jones owns – they bring back Brandon <laughs> Nemo. They bring in Starling Marte. Francisco Lindor is looking to have a bounce back season. Pete Alonso as well. Robinson Cano is back. Eduardo Escobar comes over from the Brewers. They have Jeff McNeil coming back from injury as well. Then they also get Mark Canna from the Athletics, and they'll still have James McCann. Pitching-wise, they got Max Scherzer from the Dodgers, Chris Bassett in a trade from the Athletics. It's kind of crazy, actually. They got Mark Canna as a free agent, and they traded for Chris Bassett. So they got two guys from the A's. Actually, I think three Marte. guys from the A's. Yeah, because yeah. Marte got traded there from the Marlins. Technically, they got three guys for the A's, but they actually only traded for one of them, which is kind of weird, but cool. And then Max Scherzer, Taiwan Walker, and Jacob DeGrom will all be starting the season on the IL, but they also have Carlos Carrasco. Don't know if he's good anymore or not. I don't think Tyler McGill is good, and they have Chris Bassett, who I actually think is a really solid pitcher. Yeah, And I actually think this Mets team is really good. I think out of all the Mets teams that they've tried to pick to beat us, I think this is probably the best one that they've had yet and the best shot that they're going to have at it. I think this rotation, when it gets healthy, is nasty. Now, is DeGrom ever going to be the same, and is he going to be able to get healthy? That's another story. But still, I think Max Scherzer, Taiwan Walker, and Chris Bassett is a very scary lineup of three pitchers. That's a- had a pretty good season, but somehow Trey Young just broke the entire city of New York and let them know they choked <laughs> Atlanta and everything. But I think this Mets lineup's going to be really good. I think Mark is underrated. I think Starling Marte is actually an underrated superstar. So Francisco yeah. Lindor plays like a star game. This team is something I don't – I mean, it's not going to be fun playing against them this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, Marte is <clears> – I think it's going to be one of the better pickups of the offseason. Um, has a very good chance to lead the league in stolen bases – great outfielder um the Mets is just like it's the same thing and I'm, I'm sure you've heard people like joke around and say meet the mess m-e-s-s because <laughs> that's what they are and it's already started opening day hasn't even arrived and Jacob deGrom is expected to be out until at least June now um Max Scherzer I think he's going to pitch Friday so he'll miss opening day but he's going to pitch the second game but he's been dealing with a hamstring if you've ever dealt with a hamstring before you know that it can always come and go um and then Taiwan Walker was pitching today in uh, his last spring training start because 1.1 innings gives up six runs and says the knee that he just had surgery on it, it was sore I don't know if he's saying it because he gave up three home runs and six runs or if he actually was in a lot of pain yeah but the, the Mets are already going through it. it it's just ridiculous now I I don't I don't really hate the Mets um, I have a decent amount of friends that are Mets. I have family that's from New York that kind of, you know, originally grew up Mets fans. But it, it's amazing that they can't figure this out. And I don't understand. Yeah. They've changed trainings, like medical staff's training staffs. That's not what it is. Either their players are not doing the right workouts in the offseason or there is a major curse on this franchise that it just doesn't make sense. And I agree with what you were saying. On paper, this is a very good team. But every single year, you can count on them missing big players for them. And it started before opening day this year. The best pitcher in baseball, they're not going to have for several months. And when he comes back, he might, he's probably, listen, if he's healthy, he's unbelievable. But who's to say when he comes back, that doesn't, what, what if Scherzer gets hurt? What if Bassett gets hurt? What if, what if it's, it's a lot of what ifs, and you know me, I don't like uh, hypotheticals. I don't like what ifs. 
but it plays to the Mets every single season. So I don't know what to expect from them. I'll get into it when I pick the division of how I think it's going to finish. But on paper, if they can get healthy, I think this is a really good team. But they're not going to be healthy, and they're not to start the season. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. Um, definitely not going to be healthy. I think you said a lot of good things there, Ben. Let's talk I next. don't know what it is, and I've asked Mets fans, like, what do you guys think mm-hmm. it is? Everyone just says they're cursed. Like, no one has a real answer for it. It's amazing. Like, I, I mean, I was kind of joking around. I asked my good buddy. I was like, have they changed medical staffs? And he was, like, laughing. He's like, that's not it. I was like, something is it. So every question needs to be asked because maybe the right questions aren't being asked or – like, I don't know. I, the, they go through injuries. The Yankees kind of do too, but they go through injuries like I've never seen before. And it's always a big name player. Yeah, no, it always is 100%. At least they're hurt now, though, so maybe they can get them back as the season goes on. I think that's what they're hoping for at this yeah. point if you're a Mets fan. Um, next team up here in the division, got the Philadelphia Phillies here. They bring in Kyle Schwarber from, I guess, Schwarber played for the Nationals and the Red Sox last year. Um, JT Realmuto is back on a big deal. Bryce Harper as well. Nick Castellanos comes in from the uh, Reds as a free agent. Reese Hoskins is back. They have Gene Segura back as well and Didi Gregorius. Um, it looks like as well that they're going to have Alec Bohm up there and they're going to have Bryson Scott and Matt Vireling as they lost um, in free in free agency. Who Did they lose anyone else besides McCutcheon, this big name? I can't think. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a big name. They got rid of Abdubal Herrera. Um, yeah. Where'd he go? I don't know if he – he's – I don't know. I'm not a fan of him. Yeah, he got into some legal troubles. Um, but anyway, on their on the pitching side of things, they bring back Kyle Gibson. They um, are going to have Aaron Nola as their number one. Zach Eflin is back. Ranger Suarez, a guy who a lot of people are high on, is going to be in there as well. And Zach Wheeler will start the season out injured, but they think he's going to come back at the middle of this yeah. month as he said he's feeling better as of late, which is huge for them. Ben, what do you think about the Phillies, man? Yeah, and Wheeler's, Wheeler's the ace of this team, especially after the year he had last year. Did he win Cy Young, or was he just – battling for it i can't remember i think he did win it by the way Odubel uh, herrera is back on the phillies oh is he back okay um then mickey maniac is gonna battle for the position he might play. he was if you don't remember him he was the number one pick mm-hmm. oh my god i want to say like 2015 2016 2017 range and he just kind of never really turned out but he's gonna be a platoon player and yeah. he had a really good spring so uh we'll, we'll see what he can do this phillies team is they might hit the most home runs in baseball this year. They This team is going to mash. Their problem is the same problem they always have. Um, their starting Open. pitching is – yeah, I mean, their starting pitching is – it's pretty solid on paper, especially now that they have Kyle Gibson for the full year, and, and we'll kind of see what Ranger Suarez can do. But their bullpen's still not great, and their defense is atrocious. They're going to make a lot of air, and it's just – it's going to hurt them. It's, you know it, – it is. It's it's just going to hurt this team. It's going to hurt them in not like for an entire season, but they're definitely going to lose games because they can't get out of an inning. And playing in the MLB at that level, giving teams four or five outs in an inning, you're going to get hurt almost every single time. But this team's going to match. They're going to score a lot of runs because this lineup is tremendous. Um, so they're going to battle in this division. I, I think first, second, or third in this division is kind of where uh, they're looking to be. If they can't make the playoffs this year, they have serious, serious issues. And they, they're the longest tenured team to not make the playoffs in the entire MLB. That's including the Diamondbacks. That's including the Pirates. That's including the Orioles. That's including every bad team in franchise you can think of. The Phillies have not made the playoffs since 2010. 
Damn, I'm sure that felt Ben had a big smile on his face, guys, while he got that one out, by the way. They're my least favorite team. <laughs> Same. I can't stand them either. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said there about the Phillies. Um, next up, let's talk about the Florida Marlins here. The Marlins, Miami, I think, right? Or, yeah, Miami? yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah the Miami same Marlins day. here. Same yeah, day. same thing. Jazz Chisholm Hall, it's his time, second baseman. He's big rookie, or he was a rookie last year. It's his second year expecting big things. They gave the big bucks to Jorge Soler. He comes over from the Braves. Jesus Happy Sanchez is up with the big league team as well. Um, Jesus Aguilar, Brian Anderson, Jacob Stallings, pretty much this entire team is back as usual. The pitching for this team looks a lot better Ooh. than the hitting, let me tell you. Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, mm. Jesus Lazardo, and when he's ever he's ready to come back, Sixto Sanchez. Ben, is this the best rotation? Is this the best five man rotation in baseball? It's definitely up. I mean, it's it's fire emoji, fire emoji. Um, Sixto is like he's so weird. Like he's technically still up for like rookie of the year. Um, mm-hmm. He, I feel like he's a guy like he could win rookie of the year and he could come in like fourth or fifth in the Cy Young race. Like yeah. his stuff is just absolutely nasty. And their bullpen's uh, pretty solid as well, but this starting pitching is ridiculous. Um, I like to take a lot of like first five bets in baseball last year. And the reason why was because bullpens can be pretty unreliable in baseball just because hitting is really good. So I tried to learn the starter market like as best as I could. First five under for the Marlins in a lot of games because this team is just going to shut lineups down. I just don't know if they're going to get the run support. This, I mean, Sandy Alcantara, Trevor Rogers are probably my two favorite in this rotation. Sandy is unbelievable. Uh, you can If you can match him up against anyone's ace, if he's on that day, he's he's on that day. So this, I just don't think the lineup's that great, but I'm happy for Solaire. A lot of Braves fans wanted him back, and I said, guys, he's not coming back. Like, yeah. he, earned a, he earned a big deal. Uh, some team's going to get to him, and – yeah, a team like the Marlins, a team that doesn't have much. They're, they're the team that throw out the money in contracts like this. I'm happy for Solaire. I hope he hits a lot of home runs as long as it's not against the Braves. And I can't wait for him to come back to Truist Park for the first time because that ovation for him is going to be something special. And, um, you know, he, a lot of great memories he gave me for the rest of my life. Yeah, same here. Shout out Jorge Soler. Appreciate everything he did for us as well. Yeah, it's going to be crazy seeing a Marlins player get an ovation in Truist Park. Never thought I would see the day that happens. But yeah, Ben, you hit the nail on the head, man. This rotation is absolutely stacked. I really think Sandy Alcantara, if he would get the, if he got like Dodger or Brave esque run support, he would win Cy Young easily, I think. I mean, he still might even have a chance to win it on the, Mar- on the Marlins. That is one cool thing about baseball is you can still have players winning awards on bad teams. The Marlins will be a decent team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I mean, that pitching will help them win a lot of games games but they'll also lose a lot of games by not scoring a lot of runs um next team up the final team the team will not take much time on is the tanking washington nationals the washington nationals feature possibly the best player in all of baseball and juan soto other than that they have a lot of garbage around him nelson cruz is pretty darn good they brought in on a one-year deal um josh bell we'll see if he can bounce back kiebert ruiz a high sought after catching prospect they got in the uh, trey turner trade we'll see what he can do for him they have like mikel franco victor robles i mean it's alcides escobar i mean it's looking rough on this roster outside of those top guys we named um patrick corbin is now their number one and this is how far the mighty have fallen they have Josiah Gray, who's another prospect that came over in that trade from the Dodgers. Annabelle Sanchez, Joshua Rogers, Eric Fetty, and Aaron Sanchez. Um, ben, so based off everything I read right there, are we even going to see Steven Strasburg this season? 
he's he's just such a wild card. It kind of this has been the story of his career. Is just a lot of injuries. Um, he's gonna be out for some time, I believe. And Patrick Corbin, I, he's really weird because two years ago, was it two or three years ago the Nats won the World Series? Three, because they three? it was COVID. Yeah, they won the year before the COVID year. Three years ago, he was unbelievable. Yeah, like I mean, he was the third. He was the third pitcher in their rotation, but he was very, very good. And then wasn't great in the COVID year. We'll give him a pass. Last year, he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball. I mean, he was. I don't know what happened to him. He maybe the big money got to his head and he stopped working hard. I, that's me kind of joking. I'm sure that's not what happened, but I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he can bounce back. Um, he's on a massive deal, but really the only story, the two stories about this team are, uh, how well will Nelson Cruz play in the first half of the year? I say that because if he plays really well, well, teams will go after him now that the DH is in the national league. He never really had a chance for national league teams to go after him. And Juan Soto, Juan Soto is the favorite to win MVP. He should be the favorite to win MVP. He's, I mean, I, I don't know where you rank him. I, I think he's the best hitter in baseball. I think he's the modern-day Barry Bonds with his discipline and eye, like his eye discipline at the plate. He's a fear monster at the plate. You can't throw him anything in the zone. Um, he's the favorite to win the MVP. He deserves to be the favorite to MVP. And uh, he's one of those, like, don't even feel bad about picking the favorite to win the MVP because it's actually a good bet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no. in, a, in an award that's so wide open that anyone could win, he's the favorite for a reason. Yeah, I would walk over to my closet and show you all the rookie cards I have of Juan Soto. That's how much I believe in him. Let's put it this way, guys. I think Juan Soto is pretty darn good. I mean, me being a Ronald Acuna being my favorite player, I think I would probably say that Juan Soto is better than him where we stand they right do, now today. They do a little different things. Like Acuna will give you a little bit better defense and a lot a lot more productivity on the bases. Yeah. Um, but like overall hitting wise, Soto's the best hitter in baseball. But you, I mean, you yeah. can't go wrong with either one. No, I agree with you. I think modern day Barry Bonds is perfect. I mean, the guy has power and con. I mean, he just does it all. Like he, he literally, you don't want to see him up at the plate. Pretty doesn't much. swing it. He doesn't. He doesn't strike out. I mean. Yeah, I hope somehow Soto can find his way out of Washington soon. So, uh, one because yeah, I don't like him I don't, in the division, and two because so, he's a beast. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he is going to either. I think that's the only problem for him is he's stuck with Washington. Ben, let's rank them, man. One through five. I'll go first, I guess. I assume we're both going to have the same thing. I got the Braves at one. Coming in two, I got the Phillies. Third, the Mets. Fourth, the Marlins. And fifth, I'm going with the Nationals. Yeah, I get the same order. And the the only thing is just because the the unexpected, um, you don't know what you're going to get out of the Mets. I, I think yeah. the Mets are a better team than the Phillies. I really same. do on paper. But – I don't know what's going to happen with them. So I'll, I'll put them third for now, but um, I'll talk about them here in a second. Yeah, no, I see. I agree with you completely on all this. I want to take the Mets to finish in front of the Phillies, but I don't know how their health is going to be as well going forward. But ultimately, though, I think our Braves, I think it's the same old man. Braves are on this division until that things look different, until this team doesn't look promising. We'll think differently. The Braves just reloaded. So I think we'll be perfectly fine on winning this division. Let's flip over to the only division that's equally as stacked as this one. Actually, I would say it's probably better here. And let's start yeah, out. It might be more. Yeah, we'll go with the um, AL East. And, you know, I've been to start things off. We'll go with the team that everyone wants to hear about, and that is the New York Yankees. Um, the Yankees lineup looks pretty similar to it did last year. Anthony Rizzo came over midseason from the Cubs. Aaron Judge. 
Joey Gallo came over from Texas midseason. Then you have Giancarlo Stanton, who hopefully they can keep him healthy. Josh Donaldson, same thing there. The struggling Gliver Torres. You have Aaron Hicks and then um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Kyle, Kyle uh, Higashi. I forget how you pronounce his last name, but the kid, their catcher. But anyway, um, their only key departures is Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez both departed to Minnesota. Then pitching-wise, you have Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, Luis Severino, who's finally back after basically two years, um, Nestor Cortez, and Jamison Tellian. Ben, what do you think about this Yankees team? It's going to come down to their starting pitching, man. Uh, their bullpen's really good. That's something worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, and their lineup. I mean, first of all, they got to stay healthy, obviously. Um, Stanton was a beast last year. Judge was a beast. Those, those two seems like they've kind of started to figure things out. I, I don't love their starting pitching. Now, obviously, Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. Uh, he'll do his thing. But just like after that, I think it's just a bunch – I think it's a bunch of guys who are just like average. Too. But they can be good. I, I think like for Braves fans, you'll you'll know this name well, but like Mike Soroka, he's not, he can be out for two years. Yeah, He was great before that. Severino is great. He's been out for like two years now. So I don't know if you're going to get the same Severino, right? I Jordan Montgomery, I mean, he's – slightly above average but he's not like a great pitcher by any means Nestor Cortez is a is a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience he he's got the talent but this team can compete they will compete it's it's the Yankees um I think the story of the offseason for the Yankees wasn't who departed even though I know a lot of Yankees fans that liked Urshela the story is who they didn't get they didn't get Freddie Freeman Mm -hmm. they didn't get Carlos Correa they didn't get Trevor Story. Um, trying to think of the other names that they were after. Like they, the big names who we people thought the Yankees were going to go all in for, they didn't get them. So they're still a good team. Um, I don't think. I, listen, I, I don't know how much managers actually matter in baseball. I think it's less and less, but they're going to get out outmanaged in some games. I, I, I know. I don't know a single Yankee fan that likes Aaron Boone. I know everyone thinks he's a puppet for the front office. I personally think that's what he is as well yeah, same um so we'll see i mean listen he's gone if they if they are out in the first round of the playoffs or if they don't make the playoffs by some reason he's gone so we'll we'll see they. what they can do but i mean this they'll be good because of the new york yankees but they they need guys like i mean like joey gallo's got to get better dj lemay who's got to stay like himself and the you know one of the better contact hitters in baseball they got to get production out of some of these guys. Right. So we'll see what they can get from the starting pitcher. Yeah. I'm not that high on the Yankees coming in this season, man. I personally don't think the starting pitching is there just like you. I actually am not a Garrett Cole believer ever since he came back from this post spider tack thing. Garrett Cole's never been the same pitcher ever since they took away that spider tack. He's just not as dominant as he was before. And I think that's really hurting him, but I don't think Boone's the answer, man. I cannot believe Aaron Boone was able to retain his job for another year. All the Yankees fans last year were telling me fire Boone. How the hell is he still there? I don't think he finished the season as the Yankees manager. Look, I'm not saying the Yankees are going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. I took them under 90 and two and a half wins. I think they win somewhere in the eighties. Like I think they're still competitive. I just think it's a disappointing season, you know, for him and they're going to miss the playoffs ultimately. Um, I think that the dumb move they made was optioning Da Vinci Garcia and Luis Gill down to the minors. Luis Gill was dominating when he first came up last year. I can't believe he's not up there in that rotation. I think maybe him, him and Garcia can come save him. I'm actually not that sold on Garcia, but I do think Gill is pretty good and he should be up there with the team. That's ridiculous. He's not this. I think, 
think this division will be pretty competitive. Like same. I, I, like I don't know if we're gonna see someone win a hundred games in this division. I, I think mm-hmm. they just battle it out. Yeah, so I like, like that. I like that bet a lot. Yeah, see, I'm a huge fan of a lot of these teams in this division. Like, the team I think is going to win this division, their win total, I think, is like 93. I don't think they're going over 93 wins. See, I just think that uh, the same thing you said. It's like last year with the NL East. Everybody just beat up on each other. It's kind of like the Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah, it's it's exactly like that, where everybody beats up on each other. Like, even like last year in the – like, people forget in the NL East last year, the Nationals – were competitive at, at some point in the season. Then they traded Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, Kyle up. Schwarber. <laughs> you know, they gave up. Like, they were competitive for the first half of the season. When they gave up, they were only, like, 10 games out of first place, you know? So, it's kind of the same thing. But um, let's go to the next thing. Let's go with their big rivals here next, and we'll go with the Boston Red Sox. Um, the Rays won this division last year. These two teams were both representing the wild card with the Yankees and Red Sox. The Red Sox – They've Enrique Hernandez, Kike Hernandez, will be like to call him leading off. They have Heavy D, Rafi Dever, Rafael Devers back, Xander Bogarts is back, JD Martinez, Verdugo. They bring in Trevor Story, Bobby Dahlback is going to be looked to have a big second season. Jackie Bradley Jr. and Christian Vasquez. Pitching wise, I think it's the same story as the Yankees. Can Nathan Eovaldi do it again? You have Nick Pavetta. I'm not a huge fan of him. Tanner um, Huck, um, Michael Michael Waka, Rich Hill, and um. Chris Sale is going to start the season off on the injured list. He's on like the 60-day IL or something. Yeah, see, I think it's the same thing here. I think the Red Sox to be able to score a lot of runs. Trevor Story scares me a little bit, giving him the big bucks. Trevor Story hit like 206 on the road. He hit 293 in Coors Field. Nolan Arenado had kind of the same kind of splits. He ended up still hitting, planning out fine and with the Cardinals. I mean, Story isn't a hitter's park. I mean, I'm not saying I think he's going to be horrible, but I don't think he's going to be what they paid him, you know? Like, I don't think he's going to be that good. I think he's going to go to like more like the eighth best shortstop or like sixth best shortstop rather than like top three. Um, ultimately, though, I don't think the pitching is enough, man. I think the bullpen's decent. It's not what it was last year, though. And I just don't think these guys in this rotation are going to be as good. I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez was arguably their best pitcher and he left for Detroit. So I'm not buying in on this Yankees team. I mean, on this Red but Sox team. I think this starting pitching is a lot worse than the Yankees. Um, and their bullpen's not as good as the Yankees, but their bullpen will be decent, but it's not as good yeah. as the Yankees. I think Trevor Story is going to mash in Fenway Park. I, I think okay. he's just going to just maybe not for average, but home. I think his power is going to yeah. be there. Um, as you said, pretty hitters park. This lineup is just unbelievable. And you know how I brought up, um, I don't know if I brought it up on, on a podcast, but I was talking to you like there's some athletes and you could think about it for other sports too, but there are some athletes in Duvall's the Braves example yeah. that some guys play their best baseball for one team and it's in one city. Kike, Kike Hernandez has found a beautiful home in Boston. Mm-hmm. He is just so clutch for them. Plays obviously plays a lot of positions. Um, he's a pretty good leadoff hitter for them. But I mean, oh, yeah. just like they're big boppers. I mean, Devers, Bogarts, Story, um, JD Martinez, and Bobby Dahlbeck, who's got a lot of power. That's am I forgetting something? Oh, and Verdugo. Yeah, like, that lineup is scary. This is a was a great overs team in terms of betting. I think they're going to be great again. The Damn. lineup is there. Um, their manager, Alex Cora, has had nothing but success in Boston. Uh, another guy who just fits that culture, fits that city. He just knows how to manage them to a lot of wins. They're going to be very competitive in this division, just like the Yankees and just like the Rays and just like the Blue Jays. This division's hell. 
Yeah, this division is so stacked, man. Like Ben said, I don't want any – like the Braves won their division. The, the Braves had the least wins of any division winner last year. I think I could see the same thing here. I mean, I think they have some juggernaut teams. Like I still think of the Red Sox and the Yankees, like if they played in the central divisions of either of either um division oh, or of either yeah. – yeah, they make it easily. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah this division is just stacked. Next up here, let's go with a team that I'm very high on. Ben, we're going to talk about why the Toronto Blue Jays can make the playoffs here. They have George Springer, who missed all of last season, basically. He is back in the lineup again. You have Vladdy Jr., MVP candidate. Teoscar Hernandez, the, one of the most underrated sluggers in the league. Bo Bichette coming into his own. Alejandro Kirk, who's decent. Kavon Biggio, son of Craig Biggio. Matt Chapman comes over in the trade with the A's. Lourdes Guriel, another unsung slugger, all on this team. Pitching-wise, Jose Barrios re-signed. Kevin Gosman gets a big-time deal from him. Hinjin Ryu is back. Alex uh, Moana, who is a stud. So he pitched good. last year, and I think he's going to be even better this year. And casually, they get Yasiel Kakuchi to come over from Seattle, who is also a stud. On top of having a good bullpen, Ben, the A's going – I mean, are the uh, Blue Jays going to the playoffs this year? Yeah. Blue Jays go to the playoffs. They're the favorite to win the division. Uh, I think they should be the favorite to win the division. And uh, this lineup is just loaded. I mean, and we'll see. Like, I, I mean, like, like Kevin Biggio is the type of guy, like, he, he's just going to get lost in the cards, I feel like. But he's not a bad player. He's just super young and yeah. hasn't exploded like Vladdy Jr. and Bouchette has. But – this team is just so loaded. I mean, multiple MVP candidates. Um, I think you could throw, obviously, Vladdy Jr. there, Bo Bichette in there, Springer you could throw in there. They're just so loaded. Um, and just great job getting Gosman over from the Giants. We'll see if he can replicate his success that he had in the Giants. Um, Berrios will be their ace in terms of, like, opening day starter. Like, yeah, I mean, they, they had a great offseason. And they were in on the Freeman thing somehow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Blue Jays are absolutely stacked at this point. I mean, I oh, love Matt this Chapman line. coming yeah. in is helps their defense a lot. I mean, that's what so I'm saying, good. man. This team's gonna be this team's gonna be nasty. I really think Vladdy Jr. is going to absolutely mash the ball this season. I think that George Springer, if he can stay healthy in this lineup, this team's gonna be beyond loaded. He's another great defender as well. Loves robbing home runs. I think the pitching. I think everything's there for Toronto. They were they barely missed the playoffs last year. I cashed their win total over last year as well. I think the Blue Jays are gonna have a big season this year. And I mean, I think that I think they're favored to win the division for a reason. We'll get to that though here in a minute. Um, next team up here. I guess the second to last team up here is the current division champions. And that is the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay yep. Rays have Brandon Lau, Randy Rosarena, both back. Wander Franco going to be the full-time shortstop this season. J-Man Choi, he's back as well. Yandy Diaz, Kevin Kiermeyer, one of the best defensive players in the MLB. Manuel Marco, Mike Zanino, and Josh Lowe. As they actually today traded Austin Meadows. Where did they send him to again? Tigers. Tigers. That's right. That's right. Great, great trade. Great trade for the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this, so this is what they did when they mm -hmm. traded, um, the Meadows. I can't No, no. When they can't, when they traded their old shortstop. Oh, Adamas. Adamas. They traded him to make room for their top prospect at Franco. They're doing this again. They traded Meadows to give Josh Lau their top outfield prospect, um, a chance. This is what they do. Don't ever question what the Rays do. They're, uh, they're they do it their scouting department's the best in baseball yeah they have no money and they just dominate teams uh their bullpen is pretty much entirely back which is a great thing for them 
their starting pitching is going to be good. Um, it's a lot of names that people necessarily won't know, but like McClanahan is, I, I think he's stud. I think he's an emerging mm-hmm. star in baseball. And they'll do the, like their bullpen games that they've done in the past. This team's going to be really good. They're fighting for first and second, possibly third in this division. We'll talk about that here in a second. But um, just a lot of young firepower in this team and one of the best young superstars in baseball, Wander Franco. Yeah, and also on top of that, Glasnow is going to come in and help them out at some point. Um, I think oh, this team got he was hurt. Yeah, he. This seems to be really fun to watch, man. I mean, they're stacked up everywhere. Wander Franco, like you said, and Rosie, Randy or Rosarena. I mean, I think Brandon Lowes, who is one of the best players, that doesn't get the uh, recognition he wants as well. And especially if Nate Lowe is able to come along as well, teams. I mean, I'm pretty sure Nate Lowe went to um, Grayson, or I think it was Grayson High School. He went to, or not Grayson. Um, is it Her- Nate? Her- no, he went to um one of the Nate, uh, doesn't Nate Hope, Lowe play for Hope. The, doesn't Nate Lowe play for the Rangers? Isn't it what what is it Lowe, Re- that? Read off the lineup card. He had it right the first time. Yeah, I went I went off that page. Um oh, I thought it was Josh for some reason. Yeah, you might be right. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, he's gonna be a beast. So this is gonna be an awesome team, fun team to watch this season. Um last team, we're gonna go with the uh, bottom feeding Baltimore Orioles. Cedric Mullins, all-star, will be back. Ryan Mountcastle, very promising young guy. Then he's Sandra Tarr, Trey Mancini, Austin Hayes, Ruth Nando Dorr comes over from the Yankees. Um, look, they have there were some nice prospects we named there. Not a whole lot, though, in the back half of the lineup. They have, like, three guys in there. They're basically throwaways in the lineup. John Means is still going to be up here, is going to be up here, I think, is a decent pitcher. Other than that, they have Jordan Lyles, Tyler Wells, Bruce Zimmerman, and Keegan Aiken. Ben, you think they're still two years away? They're they're still a couple years away. They will have Adley Rutschman, who was uh, number one, number one pick, I think. Um, He's was like the number two prospect in baseball behind Bobby Wood Jr., who just got the call up for the Royals. So when he is not a prospect anymore, Rutschman will take that over. But he's starting the year like on a tricep injury, so he'll he'll play eventually. Um, they're, They're building and. But there's still a couple. I mean, they're. I think they're more than two years away because this division is so great, and honestly, it's mm-hmm. pretty young. Like the Blue Jays and Rays are really young as a team, so um, we'll see. It just small steps for the Orioles. Continue to give your young guys a lot of experience, and uh, we'll see what they can do. I mean, Cedric Mullins was very, very good last year. Very good. Another Georgia boy, man. Georgia's got all the talent when it comes and to Mount MLB. And Mountcastle's supposed to be a big a big uh, power guy, so we'll He's, see. He hit 33 home runs last year still and didn't even somehow get nominated for AL Rookie of the Year. Complete BS. Um, ben, let's talk about who's winning this, what the division order is this, man. I know we both got the Orioles in the bottom. Who? What you got? I think we're going to have the same. Uh, Blue Jays, yep. Rays, Red yep. Sox, Yankees, Orioles. Yep. I love the order right there, Ben. I absolutely love it. Toronto's the most stacked team in this division, whatever anybody says. Toronto has like three MVP candidates and like five all-stars in their batting lineup, and their pitch and their pitching is by far the best in this division. Yeah. And we can we can just go straight into the wild card teams here. I actually have a theme a little bit. Um Okay. So I think we're gonna see. Uh, let me go back to my list here. I think we see th- I, I, the Rays. I, I have the Rays and Red Sox. I, I think the Yankees could miss the playoffs. I think the Yankees do miss the playoffs. I feel like one of these teams is to miss the playoffs, man. This division is too good. They're going to beat up on each other. 
So out of the AL wild cards, I have Rays in in order. Rays, mm-hmm. Astros, Red Sox as my three wild card teams mm-hmm. in the in the National League in order. I have Phillies, Cardinals, Mets as my three. So I think I think the two best divisions still get three three playoff teams in there. Yeah. No. Um I don't I don't hate that at all. Honestly, for my so for my AL, I'd go Blue Jays is the one seed. My two seed, I'm going with this one was tough for me, but I'm going to say the White Sox. Actually, I'm going to say White Sox one seed, Blue Jays two seed. I think the Blue Jays oh, are a better thought, team, yeah. but the White Sox play such an easy schedule. You know, they're going to win a lot of games against shitty teams. Then third, I have the Mariners winning their division. And then is the wild card teams. I'm going with you. I'm going Tampa Bay. I'm going the Red Sox. I don't think it'll be in that order. Though. I think it'll be Tampa Bay. Then, you know, I struggle with this one. I'm still going to take the Astros. And then I'm going to take the Red Sox as my last wildcard team. I do think that there could be a sleeper team that's going to be on the running from that central division just because they're going to get to play bad teams so much. Yeah, so I think we got – I have the same – I have the White Sox, Mariners, and, Ray, and Blue Jays winning the division. And then uh-huh. you have Red, Red Sox, Rays, and Astros in your wildcard. Yeah, so I do. The, same AL playoff picture we have. Uh, hey, I actually can't believe that. Hey, I do think the Angels will be closer this year. I just don't think they're going to get in still. There's another team that always has the battle injuries. Yeah, exactly. The Angel, Angels are just like the Phillies and Mets, man, when it comes to those injuries. Um, ben, who's who's winning the AL and why? I think the most popular pick's going to be the Blue Jays um, for all the reasons we talked about. Hmm. I I'll go with the crowd. Ah, I just feel like they're so young. Uh, give me the Blue Jays for now. Uh, I think the Rays could really do it again. I really do because there's something magical that they do yeah. with their with their roster. Give me the Blue Jays. Yeah, I'm going with the Blue Jays as well. I just think they're way too stacked up, man. I think this is their year. They're going to come out. I just think they have all the pitching and the hitting. Everything looks right for this team. They could even lose two or three guys to injury and still have a stacked lineup. I think the Blue Jays get it done here as well. Let's go back to the NL, Ben. NL teams in order for me is the Dodgers at one. Number two, I'm going with the Brew Crew. Third, I've got our Bravos. Number four, I'm going to go with the Phillies. Actually, no, sorry. Number four, I'm going with the Cardinals. Number five, I'm going with the Phillies. And number six, I'm going with the Padres. I have the Giants barely missing the playoffs. Okay. I'm going Dodgers. I'm going Brewers. I'm going Braves. Uh, what's the division I'm missing? I feel like I'm missing the division here. You said Dodgers, Braves, Brewers. That's right. Oh yeah, there's. I, I was blanking. Sorry. Um, and then my and then my wild card teams. Um, so in order, so Dodgers, Brewers, Braves, Phillies, Cardinals, Mets. But I think the Mets go further than the Phillies in the playoffs. Um, I think okay. I'm picking the, I think it's just so hard to repeat. Um, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Dodgers to come out of the national league. I like that. I mean, I don't hate the Dodgers pick Ben. I want to pick the Braves and say, we're going to repeat. I hate the Dodgers so much, but I'm going to have to pick them, man. I mean, I want to pick the Braves so badly here. I just can't do it. It's too hard. Like you said, man, it's too hard to repeat is winning the world series. I think the Dodgers come out here. I have Dodgers, Blue Jays in the world series. 
like I tweeted, the Dodgers will find a way to choke it away. The Dodgers will not win the World Series. I have the Toronto Blue Jays going all the way and winning the World Series. They have the second best odds right now at plus 900, and I think that's a good bet. Yeah, part of me honestly wants to switch the Blue Jays and the Rays and get a and get a World Series rematch of Rays and Dodgers mm-hmm. and the Rays getting their revenge. Switch me. Switch me. Rays right. win the AL. Rays, Dodgers rematch in the World Series, and the Rays get their revenge. And somehow they bring another trophy to the city of Tampa Bay. Hey, I would like the Lightning, the Buccaneers, and the Rays, and then ship them to another city. (laughs) Hey, man, I would love to see Wander Franco win a ring, honestly. I think that'd be a great thing to happen for baseball. So. Ben, I think we're both on the right track right there. Let's get down to some awards, though. Awards are the best part and everything. Let's start out. We'll let's start run through out, them. Yeah, let's start out with our rookie of the year here. Um, ben, we'll start out in the AL here. And I wish that – so, uh, for by the way, guys, for an award, the AL and NL both get separate awards, which is kind of cool because most other sports just do one for the entire thing. The AL has like five guys who could win MVP <laughs> in the NL, if not more than that. Um, the current yeah. odds-on favorites, Bobby Wood Jr. at plus 300. Yeah. I'm going to go with a sleeper here and go plus 800 on the guy who just got promoted. And that's Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez, in my opinion, is the best prospect right now in baseball. He's in an absolutely stacked lineup where they're not going to ask too much of him. I think everything's built perfectly for him to succeed. And he's going to see a lot of everyday playing Julio Rodriguez plus 900 ticket to the bank. If I was placing a bet on it, I would place Julio. But uh, I guess for the podcast, I'll, I'll just say the favorite Bobby Witt Jr. Because he's going to steal bases, hit for power contact. This dude's such a stud. No, absolutely. He's a beast, man. Um, let's look over here. But also, got to mention, mention Spencer Torkelin, one, number one overall pick out of Arizona State. Yep. He plays on the Tigers. He's he's has high odds. Um, so does Riley um, Green will Rushman. be back. Yeah, Riley Green for the Tigers. He's going to be in there. I mean, this is Shane Baz. I mean, it's absolutely stacked up for who can win this award in the AL. Crazy. And the, over here in the NL, the odds-on favorite is O'Neill Cruz for the Pirates. You have Kiebert Ruiz at plus seven uh, at four seventy-five. Um, Hunter Green plus nine hundred pitcher for the Reds. Ben, who you thinks winning? I'm going Sanai Suzuki for the Cubs. The okay. man that just came to the United States. I listen. I, I think he, especially in the early, like if he can hit in the mm-hmm. first couple months of the season, a decent amount of home runs. When you get that windy weather in Chicago, and just play to your stadium. Like I, I think this guy can just really hit, um, but a long shot. And I probably wouldn't place a bet on him, but I do want uh-huh. to shout him out. Um, since I played against them in high school or my high school played against, them. I played against them technically. Um, I want to see what Seth beer can do. He's opening day, right fielder for the diamondbacks. This is a guy that can really hit the baseball with, with just with the best of them. Do not throw this guy a fastball because he'll just destroy it. Um, I, you know, I'm rooting for him. He didn't go to our high school. He went to what we would call one of our rivals, even though they yeah. technically weren't a rival, but I'm rooting for success for this kid. And, uh, glad to see that he's getting a chance with the, with the Diamondbacks as an opening day starter. So Seth beer would be a long shot, but taking Suzuki, which is not a top three guy. Ben, that's a great pick. Honestly, I forgot about Suzuki completely. wasn't even on the list I looked at earlier. I thought a lot about this today. I'm taking Seth Beer for all the reasons you said. He can mash the ball. He's going to see the field every day in Arizona. They don't care if he has a bad season. They just want him to go up there and swing the bat. I'm not sold on Ruiz to win it in that Nationals lineup. I mean, I think he's a good player and all. I'm not sold on Cruz. As, I think Cruz is a good player, but I mean, I think Cruz, Cruz is really good. I mean, he is really good, but he has a ter- but he has a terrible team around him. You know, I think it might be a rough rookie year for him, but I think he'll figure it out ultimately. 
I'm going to take the flyer on Seth Beer. I'm not putting any money on it. I did put money on Rodriguez, but I'm not putting any money on this one. So I figured I would give Seth Beer a shot. Um, let's go over here now. Let's do the MVP award, which is another fun one. I can't wait to see who wins this one. This one is going to start out in the NL here, Ben. I'm going to go with the odds on favorite. I didn't put any money on this one because I don't think there's any value in betting on him, but I'm taking Juan Soto plus 280. I mean, yeah, the team's going to be terrible. We gave it to Mike Trout a thousand times on a terrible team. Why not? Give me, give it to me, the chalk. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Soto. Uh, but if I'm going to pick someone else, give me Trey Turner. Okay. Not a bad pick at all. He's going to get, he's going to, I mean, the Dodgers lineup's built perfectly for a guy like Trey Turner. <laughs> he's gonna score a lot of runs yeah i mean in espn's fantasy too in a lot of the leagues he's projected as the best overall player for it so yeah. great Stolen great bases hits runs score he does it all yeah that's a great pick right there honestly ben a lot of value on it um in the al the odds on favorite is uh shohei otani at plus 400 mike trout at plus 450 guerrero jr at plus 450 um look guys i want to say guerrero jr is probably going to win it at plus 450 um, I threw a little bit of cheddar on Luis Robert at plus uh, 2000 to win this uh, award. I think just think it's good odds for Luis Robert. Me and Ben talked about it. This lineup is stacked from top to bottom for the White Sox. They can just absolutely built, mash the it's baseball. It's built for him, too. Yeah, built it's, for him. Like, yeah, he's it's the Trey Turner of the White Sox. Exactly. I think he's going to hit third or fourth in their lineup, so he's just absolutely going to mash. I'm going to go with Luis, Luis Robert. It's probably going to be Vladdy Jr., but I'm not going to pick chalk for both awards, so I'll go with Luis Robert here. Uh, give me Wander Franca. I, I love it. The Rays are going that far. I mean, let's see the young boy shine. But I agree, Vlad. Vladdy, I think, is going to play with a lot of vengeance this year. He was he was pretty mad that he he said like, and this is a quote. He he was saying he's not mad that Otani won. He believes Otani should have won, mm-hmm. but he didn't get a single first place vote. He thought he was. He's like, well, like they're acting like my season wasn't wasn't phenomenal. Like, I mean. The dude almost won the triple crown. Yeah, I get that. I get that someone's done that before, but it has only happened like twice in since like the 40s or something. So, you know, I, I think he's going to play a little pissed off, and he's probably going to be the lead RBI guy on his team, and probably has a good chance to lead the MLB in homers. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, Vladdy, great pick by you. Um, next up, Wanda, Wanda Franco. I'm oh, sorry. What? Yeah. Wanda. Vladdy's probably going to win it, but I like the odds on these two guys that we're taking. Wanda was plus, was plus 1700. So he was right. Sleep on trout back either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the <laughs> ale's so stacked up. That's why I would rather risk it on somebody like that. Um, let's go with the 2022 NL Cy Young odds over here. Um, Max Scherzer's the favorite at plus 600. Corbin Burns at plus 800. Walker Buehler plus 900. Jacob Grom and uh, and Zach Wheeler at plus 1,000. Brandon Woodruff right behind him with Alcantara as well. Who you got, Ben? I pick the same guy every year because eventually he's going to win it. Walker Buehler. That's a great pick, actually. I have the exact same pick. We didn't go over picks before this. I got Walker I, Bueller I as well. I pick him every year. I pick him every year because eventually he's going to win. Yeah. It. Walker Bueller strikes out so many guys and he gets so much run support. I think he's a great pick. I actually think you, Luis Urias is a is a sleeper, although I didn't throw anything on him. I think he's definitely a sleeper, though. I mean, he did lead Hul- the MLB with Julio. Yeah, Julio. Julio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julio Urias. Luis Urias is uh, it plays for the um, Brewers, I'm pretty sure. But um, anyway, yeah, Julio Urias definitely has a chance to win this win this award. I think he's. A I good think pick. Brandon Woodruff is is worth to put some money on. His teammate just won it. I mean, yeah, Woodruff is. How'd you know? Wait, didn't Corbin Burns win last year? or Was it Zach Wheeler? 
No, it was must have been Burns because I looked up Wheeler and he didn't win it. I think it was Burns. I think it was Burns as well because the Braves faced both Cy Youngs back to back and we beat Woodruff and lost to um, Burns in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, next up here though is our AL Cy Young odds. Garrett Cole is the win is the leader at plus four twenty five. Shane Bieber at plus seven hundred. Robbie Ray at plus nine hundred. Um, Lucas Giolito barely over a thousand odds. Um, Ben, who do you think is going to win this one? I think I picked him last year, but I'm going to go with him again. I'm going to go Lucas Giolito. Okay. Big strikeout guy. I mean, not that wins really matter, but should win a lot of games because the run support he's going to get. He's got to keep his walks down a little bit. But uh, uh, for those odds, I think Giolito is, is, a, is a good value play. I'm going to go repeat. I think that is a good good play. I'm going to go with the repeat winner, even though he's on a different team this year. I'm going Robbie Ray Robbie. again. I think Robbie Ray's um, pitching is way too – or his uh, batting lineup will go with him is way too good. I just think that he's figured it out as well and pitches better over in the American lead. I think it's going to be Robbie Ray that ends up winning it. Um, I thought about McLanahan, though. I will say that. Um, manager of the year, Ben, who you got? I originally wrote down the Blue Jays manager. That's um, who I have. So I'm going to keep him. So give me the, Just because I think they're – I mean – Winning the division would be a great feat for them, even though they got a lot better. Give me the Blue Jays manager. Yeah, I'm going Charlie Montoya as well. That's the, that's his name, Blue Jays manager. Um, I think he's going to win this win this award as well. All the reasons we said, man, Blue Jays are going to have a great season. This team, I mean, has not really been that good for a while. So it's finally time for Toronto to get back in the limelight. Um, ben, our last award. Is there is there any other ones we got to do besides the home run? I think that we hit them all. Okay, perfect. Or all the ones that we talked about before we started. Okay, perfect, perfect. Last one up here, Ben. The leader currently to lead the MLB in home runs at plus 600, Vladdy Jr., Pete Alonzo, plus 920, Aaron Judge at plus 1,000, Matt Olson at plus 1,000. Ben, who you got? So there's two guys. Um, the second guy I'll, I, I'll explain, but the first guy I think Giancarlo Stanton is, is probably worth putting this on. Uh, he doesn't need to play in a small stadium because he is – probably the strongest man in baseball um, for obvious reasons it, look up a picture of Giancarlo Stanton and you can yeah. find out why the second guy I'm going to go with Pete Alonso. And I know that he's second on that list. I mm. actually think you could put Pete Alonso. If you wanted to put like 10 bucks on him to win MVP, I don't think that's okay. bad. And here's my reason why if the Mets turn out to be as good as, people thought they were originally before all the injury stuff. He's going to be a big reason why he's going to hit a lot of home runs. Let's say he hits close to 50 home runs, if not over 50 home runs. If he can just get his average up to like 270, which means his on base percentage will be up more decrease the strikeouts a little bit. I think he's a leading candidate of why the Mets would be really, really good. If the Mets can win the division, Pete Alonso is going to be a big reason why. I think it's worth it. I really do. If he hits over 50 home runs, he's already in the conversation as long as he's not hitting like 240. So Pete Alonzo uh, for the National League and Giancarlo Stanton out of the American League. Yeah, I think those are both pretty good picks, Ben. Um, for me, for the National League, I'm going to say the leader is going to be uh, our guy, Matt Olson. Like you said, Ben, he's going to smash him at the chop house. He's finally in a hitter's park. 
his ballpark is not a hitter's park, and the lineup was not as stacked there as he's going to have in Atlanta. I think everything's built for our guy, Matt Olson, to succeed. Other guy, give me the odds on favor, man, Vladdy Jr. I think Vladdy yeah. Jr. will lead the overall MLB. Like you said, for all the reasons, he's going to come out pissed off. I don't know why I didn't take him to win MVP. I just think Robert could have a chance to have a big-time season. But Vladdy Jr., man, lead the MLB in home runs. Um, ben, anything else you want to talk about before we get ready for se- for the season coming up here on a Thursday? I don't think so. Uh, opening day is Thursday, so very excited for it. Yeah, I'm very excited as well, guys. It's going to be awesome. I will be at the Braves game on Friday. Um, I'm excited to bet on these games, excited to watch some baseball, and ultimately just excited to have it back. It should be a great season. Once again, Ben, appreciate you coming on, man, chopping it up with me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, man. Did you know you could, if you end up, I don't know why you would be there, but if you go to a Washington Nationals game, you can place a bet in the stadium now. Dang, I like the that? sound of that. I might have to make my way out of D.C. this year just so I can do that. I guess you got a bet against I think the Nationals. It's, I think it's on like a kiosk or something like that. Okay, that is pretty dope. Um, hey, maybe the Nationals can get some fans to come watch that awful team play this season. But <laughs> anyway, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.